0: You're listening to Old Timey Crimey, crimes from the golden age of yesteryear. Now, here are your hosts, Christy, Amber, and Scott.
1: So it's Old Tiny Crimey. That was good. (laughs) That was good. And I'm Amber. I'm Scott. I'm Christy. And today, we are going to be talking about Stephanie St. Clair. So my sources are Wikipedia, The Mob Museum, RejectedPrincesses.com, and Refinery29.
0: Rejected Princesses again? Yes.
1: Somebody had some fun. Okay, so I love that website. Um, (laughs) Okay, so she's she's a badass. You're going to be scared, Scott.
0: Oh, am I going to be scaroused? Yes. (laughs)
1: Yes. <laughs> Ooh. Okay, so uh, I actually read just a little blurb about her and fell in love with her. That's why I wanted—I chose her. So she was born on Christmas Eve, 1897, although that is hotly debated because she loves to lie. <laughs> so she would often tell people lies about her date of birth, how old she was, where she's from. Um, so a lot of her past got a little skewed. So they're pretty sure she was born in 1897. Um, She was mixed French and African descent in the West Indies to a single mother. Um, She did actually get to go to school, though. So she was one of very few people that could read and write. Um, Her mother actually became very ill and passed away. And she hopped on a boat to New York in 1911. Okay, so this is where it gets fun, because in 1911, she would have been 13 years old. Whoa. Jeez. Whoa, okay. But the boat put her as looking to be about 23. Oh, my. Because they didn't know, and she lied. So they wrote her up as being older so she could get to the U.S. She spent her time on the boat learning English. So now she can speak French and English.
0: <laughs> Wait, so like on a boat trip, she learns an entire second language.
1: Yeah. Damn. Yeah. That's right. enough. So she's she's a very smart girl. But, especially back in this time, she is of African descent. And so not a whole lot of people are willing to give her any sort of opportunity. Um, so she gets to New York um, and... She this is this is like in the time of like the Great Migration, Jim Crow South, but the northern cities are are pretty free. So that's why she stayed in New York. And she actually went to Harlem. So first she fell in love with a small-time crook named Duke. Duke and Queenie.
0: Oh my Duke and Queenie. Oh my okay. god. I hope that Prince and King don't show
1: up because this is oh, gonna be bad for Duke. It gets so good though. So Duke being a crook, decides he's going to use his girl to make some money and tries to prostitute her. So she gets pissed off and stabs him in the eye with a fork. Fuck yes.
0: (laughs) That's my girl. That's my girl. I'm actually looking up a picture of Stephanie St. Clair right now. I'm not digging into it. If they make a Stephanie St. Clair movie, they need to have Michaela Cole play her.
1: You know what? I believe that HBO actually did a couple of years ago. They did a little uh, show on her.
0: For those for those that might not know who Michaela Cole is, she is in a fantastic, funny show called a Chewing Gum. And honestly, this woman should be the next doctor.
1: OK, so anyway, and, and there's lots of pictures of her and I'll get to that later. But um, so she stabs she stabs her boyfriend in the eye and she leaves New York. She hops on a bus and she's like, fuck this. I'm out.
0: Does he lose the eye or is it just kind of like, does he live with a fork stuck in it for the rest of his life?
1: You know what? I'm sure he lost the eye because to to get a fork stuck in your eye, I'm pretty sure, especially in in the early 1900s, you weren't saving that.
0: This is is true. You are. Yeah, I don't think we're saving
1: it now. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so anyway, she hops on a bus. She leaves New York. She's she's gonna go down to like Louisiana and start over again. She's like, whatever, I'm out. But she doesn't get there. The following night, when she was on the bus, the bus was stopped by the KKK.
2: Oh no! Oh,
0: Jesus Christ! Those bastards!
1: Several black passengers were hanged or burnt alive in front of her. She <sighs> was raped repeatedly. And uh, she went back to New York because she didn't have anywhere else to go.
2: Oh, no. Poor girl. Jesus My goodness. Jesus
0: Christ. Jesus Christ. What a dark time in American history.
1: It, it really is. But, like, I, I found a lot of light in this because she had a very rough life. So she's she's very young. She doesn't have anybody. Her mother dies. All this shit happens. And she this is a survivor, so we're, we're going we're gonna to keep on going. So, yes, that was very bad. So, but she returns to New York and finds out that her boyfriend, Duke, has also been shot.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. That guy doesn't have any luck.
0: So if you're counting, if you're counting holes, it's either four holes now or five, depending on the number of times the fork had.
1: So, so Duke is incapacitated, not a problem for her anymore. And she gets a new boyfriend and they start a business selling drugs
0: of course (laughs) oh well (laughs) of course it's low startup it's high return yeah definitely good job good job (laughs) selling drugs (laughs) what kind of drugs are we talking about are we talking like uh just pot or are we talking like opium i'm picturing opium for some reason it could
1: be all it said was controlled drugs oh ah interesting
0: well shit back in the 1900s they could have just meant certs because they were putting cocaine in fucking soda back then
2: yeah
1: okay so she's doing this with him for a few months Makes a bunch of money and then goes, you know what? I'm leaving you. I'm going to go start my own business. So he tries to strangle her and she cracked a skull off of a table and killed him.
2: Oh, my. Good for her. Good for her. I love her. her.
1: (laughs)
0: This is a badass bitch.
1: She is a badass. And this is why we call her Queenie. So then she became a leader of a local gang called 40 Thieves and ran extortion and theft rackets. Wait. I love that gang name. That is so many gang names seem to
2: be trying to obscure it. But this is just like, no, this is what we are. And how many of us there are? There's
0: 40 of us. And shit. Shit. This sounds like something out of a Tarantino novel, doesn't it?
1: I know. I love her so much. So um, she was actually described as being arrogant, sophisticated, and educated. She was capable of scathing profanity and was well known for her fierce temper, which was often directed at rivals including police and white-owned businesses that intruded on her turf.
2: Damn. You better stay off Queenie's turf.
1: I I love her so much. I can't even. I can't even express it to you guys. It's like a
0: 1970s street pimp, except without the 70s.
1: (laughs) I know. Like this is back in a day where women did not do this kind of stuff, and she was running a a friggin' gang. Like she is crazy. I love it.
0: This is beautiful, Amber. This is great. I'm in love with this woman.
1: (laughs) I know she's she's awesome. All right, so she employed her own men. She bribed cops. And um, she, in in April of 1917, invested her own money into a lottery game in Harlem. Um, So as a result of running one of the leading number games in the city, she became known throughout Manhattan as Queenie. So everybody knew her name.
0: I like to think uh, that she went back to the guy that tried to turn into a prostitute and turned him into a prostitute.
1: Oh, I hope so. But I don't know. (laughs) Um, so basically what she was doing, she was involved in policy banking, which is like a mixture of like investing and gambling and playing the lottery. So a lot of banks at this time would not accept black customers. So they were not able to actually legally invest their money in anything. So even though this wasn't technically legal, it was the only way that the black pe- like community in Harlem could invest money. How
0: racist do you have to be not to take money from somebody?
2: Oh, it was. There were many years that we're uh, talking into the fifties that black people were not allowed mortgages.
0: That is, and you know what? It's kind of embarrassing uh, for me uh, because my grandfather was a member of the Ku Klux Klan. Oh no, I had no idea. Yeah, my grandfather was uh, was a grand dragon in the uh, in the Southern Pennsylvania branch of the Ku Klux Klan. And now his Holy grand- shit! Yeah, and now his grandson is dating a black woman.
1: <laughs> Good on you, Scott. I'm Absolutely.
0: Telling you, I'm telling you, I changed shit around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm fucking progressive as all fuck. It's
2: <laughs> the new generation, Grandpa. <laughs> yeah.
0: Guess what? You're gonna have. Grandpa. There's a very, very real chance you're gonna have a. Uh, like your family name is now going to include half black babies in the near future.
2: <laughs> Grandpa Grand Dragon, my God.
0: Yep. Yep. And my dad, my dad, I, I'm really proud of my dad because he started off racist and then at a very late age in life went, no, I was wrong.
2: Oh, yeah. That's wonderful to yeah. see that how people can actually change their minds.
0: Absolutely. At a very late point in his life, he goes, yeah, I was wrong. People are people. And and he was you got to understand he was raised by a member of the clan. You know. Yeah. So, yeah, that was that was really endearing to see. I'm I'm very proud of my father for making that change. But fuck. Yeah. How like I said, how racist do you have to be to not want to take money from somebody?
1: Yeah. But on top of this, Queenie was big on addressing race politics. She wanted change and she was going to make it happen. So, she was super community oriented. She would put out numerous newspaper ads um, with her own money, telling her neighbors about their rights, advocating for voting rights, calling out police brutality. Uh, she spent a lot of money on community projects like a legal front, a legal fund to help French-speaking immigrants. Um, she took really good care of her employees, made sure they were always dressed impeccably) <laughs> mm. And and it was apparently just wonderful to her neighbors. And I thought this was actually really interesting. So she lived in the same building as many other neighborhood luminaries. Uh, C.J. Walker, W.E.B. Du Bois, and Thurgood Marshall were some of her neighbors.
0: You are let your Pennsylvania show for a second.
1: Shush your face.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Du Bois.
1: Well, whatever. Um, so anyway, um, she was one of the only females involved in the number games. And she she had a lot of people working for her. She was hiring a lot of local people to work for her and improve their own standings. So she's kind of like. Well, Queenie,
0: she's. You know,
1: she's, she's really like helping people out.
0: She's I mean, aside person, from her boyfriends, she's a person that gets <laughs> shit done. People respect the person that gets shit done, and I'm respecting Queenie. She's looking more and more attractive to me as as the story goes on, too.
1: But a quick recap now. So she has already stabbed somebody in the eye and killed a boyfriend and is running a very illegal thing and bribing police officers. So she's not doing things the right way but she's also taking care of a lot of people and they want to protect her too so now we're getting into a little bit more of like great depression kind of times so when the economy tanks the white mobsters profits plunge and they begin edging into her turf in harlem and it's it's not only that it's
2: also prohibition ended and then you know you you had the depression as well so those things kind of coincided and that was also i mean she's doing is she still selling drugs
1: at this point uh she's not doing drugs that was that was with her boyfriend that was the first little business she made enough money to start her own business and then killed her boyfriend okay so but
2: at this point the the gangsters who had been selling uh alcohol illegally would be looking for new profit points in addition to depression they're also just like we don't what we sold before we can't sell now because it's not illegal so it's not as profitable so uh
1: drugs and gambling it is yeah well okay so they started like all, all the white gangster mobster guys started coming into her turf one of the big ones was dutch schultz
0: Ooh, that's a pretty big uh, that's a pretty big fish to attack
1: Well, he began making phone calls threatening her, kidnapping and murdering her men, buying off police, and at one point got her arrested. So, mind you, she's been placing all these ads, and these ads are gorgeous, by the way, if you get an opportunity. Um, She would place, like, half-page ads with, like, a picture of herself dressed to the nines with jewels and fur, and then write whatever she wanted underneath it. And so... (laughs) She actually responded to the death threats in one of these ads with. I just laugh at them because such things sound silly to me.
2: Wow. (laughs) She's got brass ovaries.
1: (laughs) She really does. So she like just dresses up, takes a picture and then writes like like just throws shade at everybody. We're like, whatever.
2: (laughs) I I love her, too. This is this is awesome. Great. This is great.
1: Okay, so Schultz wasn't done, though. So St. Clair, our Queenie, her revenge was very swift and very brutal. So um, when when he sent somebody to intimidate her, an underling, um, she put the underling in a closet, locked him in, and then called four bodyguards to take care of him.
0: Oh, no. Ooh. We're not talking about, like, you know, like tea and scones, are we?
1: Probably not, no.
0: We're talking bullets. I,
1: I, so then while they're doing that, she goes out and attacks and destroys the storefronts of any business that Schultz betting operations ra- were ran in. Okay, so she goes and attacks all of Schultz's business where he's got illegal stuff going on and then tips off the police to all of his operations, which led them to raiding and and clearing his house, arresting 14 employees and seizing 2 million dollars from Schultz. Oh my god, she's such a badass.
0: I'm and then this woman. I want to have babies with this woman so that my my seed will be powerful.
1: I <laughs> want to have babies with this woman. I know. But then she's not done yet. She goes and brags about it to the press. So everybody knows it was her.
2: Holy shit. That's the right. ovaries I did on her. <laughs> what you going to do about it? Huh? Come get some Dutch- bitch dutch schultz i'm sure had tons of enemies that could have been the one behind it so to come out and say yeah it was me like that's absolutely just amazing
1: <laughs> so like i i love her so much because she's crazy it's great it's
0: fucking insane um,
1: so after that the the police that were actually police were like paying attention to her. so she tried to calm down um she kind of gave her business to her right hand man his name was bumpy johnson
0: of course it was
1: <laughs> which is the worst name ever
0: I've heard worse
1: bumpy johnson
0: yeah I've heard worse
1: that's a that's a bad name man it's also
0: fantastic it really is <laughs> oh, oh my poor, god poor bumpy
1: so anyway she gives she gives her business to him um And her former enforcer then negotiated with Lucky Luciano.
0: There's some big
2: names here.
1: There are. Yeah, these are like Uh, people
2: we're going to do like full length episodes on
1: at some point. Yes. She was like the undercurrent of a lot of this. So Lucky took over Schultz's spots and then a percentage of that money went to Bumpy. (laughs)
0: Lucky and Bumpy and Queen. It's a children's show. It's weird. A horrible, Um, horrible children's show.
1: But basically when they did this, the Italians then had to go to Bumpy first if they had any problems in Harlem. So Luciano realized that the struggle with the five families was hurting the business and uh, decided Schultz needed to go. So Schultz gets shot in the gut in 1935 by orders of the commission, but it was in the gut. So he lived nearly a full day. And in that day, Queenie took the time to send him a telegram to his bed as he was dying that stated, As ye sow, so shall ye reap.
0: Damn.
1: That made headlines across the nation. Queenie was petty, and I love her.
0: (laughs) I know you're going to be dead soon, but I just want to make sure that you realize as you're dying, you dick.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much, right? Like cold blooded. Oh my goodness. Yeah. All right. <laughs> she's so she's just wonderful and I love her so much. All right. So she has at this point, we're we're still good. We're still going. Um <laughs> even if she had nothing to do with the murder, she just felt the need, I guess. But anyway, so she's now retired from the numbers game. And uh she is an advocate for political reform. She ends up pairing up in the late 1930s with her husband, Sufi Abdul Hamid. Whoa. Wow. Known as Black Hitler for his medic Nazi fashion of activism. <laughs> My God. Whoa. This woman's life is crazy. Um so Hamid was very eccentric cape and turban toting militant activist um he organized campaigns to boycott businesses that didn't employ black people he ran a, a mosque um he claimed to have been born in Egypt but he was actually from Chicago um so yeah his his nickname was Black Hitler um this so is the married-
0: worst 1970s black exploitation movie ever
1: <laughs> It's so crazy. Like, it's like a soap opera. Like, I feel like this is not a real person's life, but it, it was. Um, So among other things that Hamid claimed, he also claimed to be descendant of the Egyptian pharaohs.
0: Uh, of course. Yes. I mean, why, uh, why not at this point?
1: <laughs> yeah, why not? Um, So he was actually uh cheating on Queenie.
0: Oh, come on. Why would you Uh, cheat on a princess like that woman?
1: Because he started cheating with a black fortune teller known as Foo Fatam.
0: Oh, well, yeah, now it all makes sense.
1: Um, But they were still married and up until Queenie shot him. (laughs) Of course.
0: Like Who did did not see this coming?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hands are all hands are all uh, down.
0: I bet the fortune teller didn't. <laughs> last words why didn't you warn your daddy black hitler
1: Ugh. but okay so uh well the, the, the woman he was cheating with claimed to be Asia, Asian, but her real name was Dorothy Matthews, just for fun there. Um, so she was not who she said she was either. But uh, the two of them tried to run away together, and using Queenie's money, start their own number business.
0: Big mistake. You don't so, take cash from the Queen.
1: Well, Queenie says she didn't shoot him, she shot at him. Oh, there's that's I love the I love the distinction there <laughs> uh-huh. three times. And she said the closest she came to hitting him was nicking his teeth.
0: Huh. Yeah, that's called a a, a headshot. <laughs> <laughs> like if if it's to the point where the only thing that fucking saves you is your dentures, that's called that's attempted murder.
1: Well, and that's what they charged her with. And she insisted and this was her defense If I wanted him dead, he would be dead. If I was
0: on the jury, I'd go, you know what? i believe her.
1: (laughs) Um, So during the trial, it comes out that her husband's name was actually Eugene Brown. Nobody is who they say they are. (laughs) No. And his mistress peddled potions. (laughs) Apparently. Of course. A fortune teller is going to peddle potions. But thanks to an all-white jury, she did go to jail, but just for a little while. Um, Somewhere between three and ten years, the story gets a little hazy, um, but she did go to jail for a little while, and then after that, had a pretty quiet life. Um, Her ex-husband died in a plane crash a few months after her arrest.
0: That's not suspicious at all.
1: No, no. I mean, that's fine. Um, and, and the mosque that he ran became a dance hall featuring a one-legged dancer.
0: The, that's No, that's called a hopper. <laughs> that's called a hopper. Can't really
1: do those rocket kicks too well. Well, but, I mean, if she, if she has a pole, I guess she could do every other one. There you go. Yeah, so maybe she was good at it. We don't know. Um.
0: <laughs> There's got to be film. There's got to be film.
1: Um, so anyway, she she lives the rest of her life pretty quietly and still pretty wealthy. Um, and eventually, Bumpy went to live with her um, and write poetry. That's what he really wanted to do. So um, Bumpy lived with her until 1968 when he passed away from a heart attack. And 18 months later, she died quietly uh, just before her 73rd birthday.
0: Aww. I wanted this woman to live forever.
1: Well, I mean, she made it to 1969. Like, true. She she had a pretty good life for as hard as she lived it. Um, But there was one fun little interview tidbit. Um, So the widow of Bumpy Johnson, which is weird. Because it says the widow of Bumpy Johnson, but he was living with Queenie. So I'm not sure what happened there. But she described Queenie as a woman not afraid to kick off her expensive high heels and go toe-to-toe with any man or woman insolent enough to insult her breeding and character. Got it. That sums it up. That about sums it up. So she uh, was a badass. Only went to jail for a little while, considering... And uh was just all around pretty damn awesome.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> and that's all, folks.
0: <laughs> damn. I, I like and- myself some
2: Queenie. Yes, yes. Fantastic job, Amber. That was wonderful. I was like on the edge of my seat all the whole time.
1: <laughs> I love her. She was such a badass. I was like, if- what's she going to get up to next? <laughs> if I wanted him dead, he would be dead.
2: Yeah. And then she punched
0: an elephant in the groin because
1: <laughs> like if anybody would, I bet she would like I feel like she would fight a kangaroo just for fun. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. Totally. yeah, girl liked the challenge. yeah, no, she really didn't. She threw down when she had to. but I mean, the most impressive part is just where where she's at in time because this this is a black woman in a time where women aren't respected and, and African-Americans are not respected. So like for all the success she had coming from nothing over on a boat and then ending up wealthy and privileged is awesome. Uh, by the end of it, she actually spoke at least three languages that we knew. She spoke English, Spanish, and French.
0: Four. Wow. And
2: badass.
1: And badass. Yes. Nice. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That was fantastic, Amber. Thank you so much for uh, telling us all about Queenie. I love her. I just want to say that Rejected Princess's book was on my coffee table for like three years,
1: and all you people were at my house a whole ton of times, and none of you noticed it. I did not. I'm not going to lie to you. I never noticed it. But also, (laughs) I I came to your house to get drunk, not read books. That is true. Mm -hmm. That is true.
2: (laughs) All (laughs) right. What's this over here on the nightstand? (laughs) What are these word things on the page? No, I'm not doing that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much, Amber, for that fantastic uh, rendition of Queenie's Tale. And thank you, uh, listeners, for joining us once again for an old tiny crimey. And stay tuned for the full-length episode. Also, don't forget to come join us on our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are old, tiny, crimey. So, yeah, we would love to see you there and, uh, you know, stay safe. So, bye. bye. Bye.